0: Talking today with Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hello, Wes.
1: Hello, Tom. Happy New Year.
0: Well, you know, we sang a song by mistake in the hymnal, I gave the wrong number, and it was talking about Thank you for the New Year. And the song was really about December thirty first, to January 1st, that new year. Mm. But I said, no, we're gonna be talking about the new year in the idea of the church year, which begins with Advent. And I'm sure that's what you're talking about.
1: Of course.
0: Yes, so we have a different calendar year. And this is the third year of a three-year system of readings. The first year, we emphasize for the gospel the book of matthew the second year the book of mark and the third year luke so we're taking a look at luke right now and it's uh really interesting yesterday i talked to a pastor who isn't doing any of the readings you know what he's Hmm. doing for the whole year no C.F.W. Walther's yeah. sermons.
1: Oh, I guess oh, the yeah. book has come
0: out with his sermons, and he needs some time off, so he's doing that, rewriting, adding some things to them, and then he can have a elder in his congregation read the sermon when he is off somewhere else. So, well, I, would, everybody... I wouldn't be
1: surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if. if... If you follow the historic liturgy, you know, historic lessons, I'll bet.
0: I did not understand that. What was that?
1: Well, you got, uh, you got the, the one-year series of the historical right. lessons. I wonder if it's based on that, too.
0: No, not at all. They're not doing any okay. of the lessons from any of the years. And um, he was really very satisfied with what walther used to say in sermons and i can understand that having gone in depth through law and gospel and it's going to be interesting to see what happens there in that congregation but at mm-hmm. anyway that's what we're not here to talk about well you once more found an article that really is very interesting about a, a professor Virginia College professor at Old Dominion University in Norfolk. He has been actually placed on leave. Why?
1: Well, it's not only just leave, but he and the university came to an agreement that, that uh, he'd be dismissed or he stepped down. He wrote a book called uh, The Long Dark Shadow Minor Attractive People and Their Pursuit of uh, Dignity. He highlighted the use of the term minor addicted person, or MAP, M-A-P, in the title and throughout the book, and that resulted in a petition by the students at Old Dominion to to have him dismissed.
0: Yes. In fact, there were quite a few people who wrote and said that he should be kind of removed. And I think we need to explain, they were thinking he was in support of pedophilia because he talks about these minor attracted people. In other words, these are people who are attracted to minors. But throughout the book, he makes it very clear that he is against any abuse of children. He's just talking about the whole idea that minor attracted people therefore have a kind of real liking towards children, but he is definitely opposed to any abuse of them. So I'm trying to figure out why would he be removed for saying that? I mean, you know how many people, a woman has a baby. And she comes into the family room, and everybody loves the baby. They want to look at the baby, hold the baby, etc. In fact, at one of the congregations I have, we had two babies that were born, and we contacted the women ahead of time because of the virus. At our congregation, we still wear masks even when we're singing. And so we were trying to figure out, How do we keep the people away from the baby? And what they did, they left it in the kind of car seat, brought it in, were covering it, and then often would leave right at the end of the service so that people wouldn't gather around. Because most people in the congregation are considered as minor attracted people. So I'm trying to figure out why did they remove him?
1: Well, I think you have to go figure out what do they mean by minor attracted people or person? Yes. and I I looked at it. What did you come up with?
0: Well, I came up with the idea that these are people who really enjoy being around children. In fact, there are a number of places in St. Louis here, uh, preschool places. And these are set up A lot of times by women who love children and then give an opportunity for the parents to drop the kids off so the parents can go shopping or do whatever they want. And I would say they were minor attracted people who was running these facilities, but there's no sense that they're pedophilias in the sense of abusing the children.
1: No, but... uh... I started doing a little search on on the on the website, and I came up with a different definition that that, that is used as. And uh, this creation of the word is a strategy for for those that are attracted to to uh, minors sexually, to spread positivity about pedophilia, and their attraction towards children. And it's a community that's anti-recovered. It, it seems like, from from what I'm looking at out there, is the minor uh, attracted people, the the map that they call themselves. Yes, it's like what Walker is talking about and you're, you're describing. But there's a whole other group out there that is sanitized pedophilia.
0: Right. Um here's what Walker says. I want to be clear. Child sex abuse is morally wrong and inexcusable crime. As an assistant professor of sociology and criminal justice, the goal of my research is to prevent crime. My book is informed by my past experience and advocacy as a social worker counseling victims. I embarked on this research in hopes of gaining understanding of a group that previously has not been studied in order to identify ways to protect children. So his goal was to protect children. And he argues that, well, this is where your point comes. The term pedophile doesn't mean someone who has committed A sexual offense and is indeed referring to attraction and therefore the professor asserted there's a big difference between those who are attracted to children and child sexual abusers
1: okay but you you added a word abuser uh the definition I was looking at pedophilia is sexually attracted to children, and that and they try to take away that and that that's the part that he's talking about by going minor attracted children, so yeah, I would agree pedophilia has kind of gone into the term of sexual abuse. Of children. Right. But in its original meaning, it was just sexually attracted to children.
0: Yes. Yeah, he makes the distinction that pedophilia is a clinical term that indicates a sexual attraction to people who have not gone through puberty, whereas MAP refers to someone who has preferential attraction to minors. And that can include children who have gone through puberty or not, and then sexual child sexual abusers are people who have committed a sexual offense against a child, which he is totally against.
1: Right, I, you know, I, as I looked at at scripture, how wouldn't wouldn't we say that there. They're trying to talk between original sin and actual sin.
0: Explain that.
1: Well, original sin talks about the total corruption of our human nature, in right. which we inherited from Adam and Eve. So we're born with that, and it can be that what well, minor attraction to children, a minor attracted people to homosexuality, to 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 abuse of wine and, and liquor, uh, gambling addiction, drug, drug addiction, and we're born with that condition, uh, among among other things. And an actual sin is occurs to one to commit all kinds of sin. Uh, every, uh, every act against uh, the uh, commandments. In thought, desires, works,
0: works of of, uh, of the life. Yeah, I'm doing a study on the book of Proverbs now, uh, for one of the congregations. We're going through the entire book, looking at them, and what we've, what I've discovered, is that Proverbs isn't written for unbelievers. It's written for believers who want to know the wisdom of God, and I would say that. According to the book of Proverbs, if a individual is attracted to children and enjoy being around children, that in and of itself is not a sin unless they break a commandment to abuse the child in some way. In fact, I was watching, um, you know, so much on YouTube and you can type in uh, what you want to see. And I was watching a whole set of court cases where people were sent to jail sometimes for their whole life for abusing little children. And it was really interesting watching that because they definitely were attracted to children, but to abuse them. And therefore, I believe they should be punished somehow with jail term, etc. But boy, for a person to be attracted to children, I'm not so sure that he's wrong in that. He, he does say that once you realize that a person is attracted to children, there are certain safeguards uh, to make sure that they won't abuse the child. Uh, like he says, uh, you don't put them in groups with children and so forth. In fact, I don't know about Illinois, but in Missouri, if you're a child abuser, you get on a list uh, because you've been accused of that and you have found to be a child abuser and maybe even spent some time in prison. And people can go and find if there are child abusers in their neighborhood uh, for the purpose of Making sure that they don't interact with children,
1: and uh, in some cases, I, I think it's in Illinois too. Everything that you said is true; that they have to stay so many yards or distance from from schools and yep. and uh, other places like that.
0: Right. Um, I I think that the students they're definitely against pedophilia, but they're not against homosexuality, which in my view is a form of pedophilia. And I'll explain that. I have talked with a number of homosexuals who are unrepentant of their lifestyle. And here's the question I ask them. Would you tell a child that it is against God's will, to live a life of homosexuality. And they almost always say, no, I want to tell a child that because I don't believe that. And remember in the Bible, anyone who offends a little one, and when you take a look at that passage, it means anyone who causes a little one to sin, then he should be thrown in the deepest lake. The fact of the matter is telling children that the gay lifestyle is an appropriate lifestyle which they're doing in schools now that is going against scripture and i would definitely say that that is something that we should warn our children about and give them a good understanding of why that is against the laws of god
1: exactly and i agree with everything you said you know the Good news magazine It's uh, put out, uh, this latest issue comes out with such is the kingdom of these, you know, as a child. And it talks about that, uh, as a, what it means for us as a child of God to be uh, part of that kingdom.
0: Yes, and that's a really good point to make. Jesus says, permit the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. And the point he's making is that children have such a trust in parents, etc., that God is saying that's the kind of relationship that he wants with all people to be like a little child and trusting him in what he has to say. Uh, A good example, I think, of uh, what he's not talking about, namely people who are attracted to children would be many of the roman catholic priests who abused Mm. children now that we would be opposed to but there are many priests and pastors who enjoy children they like teaching the sunday school they enjoy doing confirmation Uh, and especially i talked to a pastor recently where he loves asking questions to the children who don't know the answers and then helping them with the answers from a biblical point of view and I don't see any reason why he should not be included in this situation of those who are minor attracted people, but right. they just don't believe if you're that.
1: using that if you're using that term minor attractive. Attraction, I can see that, but uh, it, I think it's still out there yet, as uh, how it's abused on the internet. You know, you, you almost have to be able to define, as as you have here, about what it means to be minor attracted, and yet not uh, be a part of the abuse of children.
0: Yes, there there are gay people who definitely will have very little children in fact throughout the world there are some who marry children when they're 12 years old and of course that's not i think permitted in any of the states in the united states you have to be a certain age and uh, even when you're not a certain age you still have to have the permission of parents etc so those people are what we would oppose also as minor attracted people but it's not what he's talking about in his book and people just jump to the conclusion that if you're minor attracted that means you will abuse them and and that's Mm -hmm. wrong i think
1: right yeah i would agree and I, I think that uh, you have to be able to find out or find out what they, what they mean by this because from what I'm reading, this is a fairly new relative term out there, uh, man, minor attractive people or minor attractive people, a person, and what do they mean by it? And uh, do they abuse it or misuse the term or use it correctly uh, that I have that affiliation so to speak but don't act upon it
0: yes yeah he makes a point that the use of the term minor attracted suggests that it's okay to be attracted to children maintaining that using a term that communicates who someone is attracted to doesn't indicate anything about the morality of that attraction in fact we're having a real problem in the united states where a lot of women are just not wanting to have babies because they want to pursue business careers etc and look at how many of them are aborting their children they're not minor attracted to children at all <laughs> but that is okay. a horrible sin in god's eyes
1: but it also, in a, in a kind of different relation, talks about how how everybody's playing with the language. You know, the Supreme Court was hearing it yesterday, and they've yet to reach a decision. But the word viability came up. When is when is a person viable? At the, at birth, at 26 weeks, at 15 weeks, or 10 weeks? So they're playing def- games with the definitions, and I think that's... Uh, the thing that we need to guard it with, whether it's uh, minor attracted children or viable or things of that nature.
0: How do we answer the question when children are viable?
1: Uh, when it's created in the womb. And we, we look at, uh, for instance, the Gospel of Luke, where when, when Mary came in uh, to, to see her cousin Elizabeth, John the Baptist leaped in the womb.
0: And he was only a few hours old. Jesus. I'm sorry, John the Baptist was six months old, but Jesus was only a few hours old because she had left Gabriel after hearing the news about her going to have a baby and went to visit Elizabeth. And John the Baptizer leaped in the womb because the Holy Spirit moved him to do so. Remember, he had been told his father, Zachariah, that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit from before his birth. And so there's a perfect example where Jesus was viable just a few hours after the conception by the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we believe, that viability, I don't think, is a, a question or should be trying to figure out when a child is viable. There are people who say that If your child is born and he has a serious defect that's really going to be an imposition against him, then you have the right to leave him in the hospital, let him starve to death, and therefore not have to worry about it. That's definitely a sin.
1: Right, and that kind of harkens back to the book uh, Alvin Smith came up with, how Christians changed the world. In Rome, if babies had defects, they took them to the local dump and dumped them off, and the Christians would pick up those babies and take them home and raise them.
0: Yes, because many of them did not want girls because they couldn't pursue the business of the father, etc. So males were often saved, but girls, when they were born, were often taken to that dump. And you're saying that Christians would therefore uh, get the child and bring them up in a Christian home.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I can understand if students don't understand properly what this professor is saying. Uh, the problem is, he says that the term pedophile doesn't mean someone who has committed a sexual offense. It just simply means you're referred by attraction to minors. Now, I don't think the word pedophile should therefore be used in that situation, and that's probably where he got in trouble with the students.
1: Right, like I said, it's 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 trying to Put the term pedophile away from minor attractive," And uh, it's, the jury, in a sense, is still out as uh, whether that can be done or not. Uh,
0: well, pedophile well, is go. actually made up of uh, two Greek words. Uh, ped, yeah. uh, you know, little child, etc., cetera. And uh, philia. And what's that word mean?
1: Attraction? Love. You know, uh, that's one of the words for love. Yes, if I'll, yeah.
0: The city of Philadelphia, those are the two Greek words for love and brother. So it's known as the city of brotherly love.
1: Oh, and yes.
0: Therefore, I think where he really went wrong is trying to use the word pedophile when he doesn't mean what most people understand by it. And, right, and I would
1: agree.
0: Yes. So, a good article. I don't know where you find these things, but um, yeah, I, I think it's important that we are not against people who love being around children, but we are against people who love to abuse children. And that's a big difference.
1: Well said, well said.
0: Well, thank you very much. That's Pastor Wes Reimnitz, I'm Pastor Tom Baker. On tomorrow's Law & Gospel, I'm gonna be talking about a movie from a book I read called The Shack. You do not want to miss this, it's going to be important. God bless you.